Welcome to Addressing Alaskans, where we feature community conversations around South Central Alaska. Join us on Alaska Public Media as we travel throughout our community and listen to local groups discuss what matters to them. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Ammon Swenson. May 11th is the runoff election for mayor of Anchorage. Voters can choose between Forrest Dunbar and Dave Bronson. On this episode of Addressing Alaskans, we'll hear a forum featuring Bronson and Dunbar discussing their plans for the city. To fill out the hour, we'll finish up with questions to the candidates from Hometown Alaska host Kathleen McCoy. This forum was presented by Anchorage Rotary and was recorded via video chat on April 20th. It was edited for time and technical delays. A visual portion of the forum was excluded, but the full video of the event can be found on the Addressing Alaskans page on alaskapublic.org. Welcome to our April 20th Zoom meeting for Anchorage Rotary. Welcome to our mayoral candidates, Mr. David Bronson and Mr. Forrest Dunbar. Welcome club members, fellow Rotarians, and guests. For those unfamiliar with our club, Rotary is a network of neighbors, friends, leaders, and problem solvers who see a world where people unite and take action to create lasting change across the globe and in our communities. Our Anchorage Club, often referred to as the Downtown Club, has supported and contributed to projects such as the Memorial for Victims of Violent Crimes at Hostetler Park, the Ski Jumps on Hillside, the Teen Underground, and Rotary Cares for Kids, a program that provides backpacks to children in foster care. But if you ask me, some of the best part is the fellowship. And with that, I will turn it over to our moderator, Paul McGuire. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much, President Tracy. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, fellow Rotarians and honored guests. Welcome to the regularly scheduled meeting of the Anchorage Rotary Club. My name is Paul McGuire, and I will be serving as a moderator for this meeting. Rotarian Dave Myers will serve as a timekeeper. We have endeavored to make the time display available for all to see. If any difficulties arise, Mr. Myers will be keeping the clock manually and providing nonverbal cues for countdown. You will hear a chime 15 seconds before time runs out and against once time has expired. We will not take questions from the floor. All in attendance have been muted, thank you and the chat function disabled, thank you. All questions have been submitted by Anchorage Rotary Club members and will be asked of both candidates. Each candidate shall have one minute to answer. Each candidate will have three minutes for opening remarks. There will be a series of yes, no, thumbs up or down questions. Each candidate will have the opportunity to ask the other three questions. Time limits are one minute to ask the question and one minute for the response. Each candidate will have two minutes for closing remarks at the end of the program. We held a coin toss, which was witnessed, and it was won by Mr. Dunbar. So Mr. Dunbar will lead things off with your opening remarks. You have three minutes, Mr. Dunbar. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you to the Anchorage Rotary Club, uh, Club President Tracy Hart, uh, Hartung, Henry Penny, and the, the event moderators for organizing this event. Uh, it's good to see Mr. Bronson here, too, after he was unable to come to the Alaska Black Caucus in, uh, debate on Sunday night. For those who might not know me, uh, my name is Forrest Dunbar, and I'm running for mayor to get us past this public health crisis and get our economy back on track. A little bit about me, uh, I'm a lifelong Alaskan, originally from Eagle on the Yukon River and Cordova on Prince William Sound. My parents are Miriam, a former special education aide and librarian, and Roger, who worked for 30 years for Fish and Game. 
Growing up, I worked as a wildland firefighter, commercial fisherman, and stocked shelves at Fred Meyer. I know what it's like to put in a hard day's work, and I know how tough things are right now in our city. But I believe that brighter days are ahead. Some of you may know me from my work representing East Anchorage on the assembly, or perhaps through my service in the Alaska Army National Guard. Since I was first elected in April of 2016, I've focused on jobs, quality of life, public safety, and homelessness. My campaign for mayor has been endorsed by the Anchorage Education Association, the AFL-CIO, the International Association of Firefighters, Local 1264, and dozens of community leaders like Senator L.B. Gray Jackson and Representative Calvin Schrage. I'm also honored to have been endorsed by my former opponents, Bill Falsey and George Martinez, and by Tariq Gales, whom I ran against in 2016 and who was later chair of Dunleavy for Alaska, as well as dozens of small business owners who helped my team create our 10-point plan for jobs and economic growth. Together, we are building a coalition of the reasonable, people who want us to turn away from divisive rhetoric and extremism and get back to delivering core public services. And my team, my supporters and I know that we've developed the strongest plan to reinvigorate Anchorage's economy and the broadest coalition to make that plan a reality. I'm running for mayor because I want to make Anchorage an even better place to live. Anchorage should be an exciting city. We have advantages few other cities can claim, including a world-class park and trail system, a deep indigenous history, and a diverse rising generation of Alaskans ready to contribute. My opponent and I have starkly different views on what the future of Anchorage looks like, and my campaign is offering a far more positive and fact-based vision, including the 10-point plan, uh, business-backed plan for jobs and economic growth. We can reclaim our future together if we hold on to the idea that Anchorage's best days are still ahead of us. I'm honored to be here this afternoon, and I look forward to answering your questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Dunbar. Mr. Bronson, you will now have three minutes for your opening remarks. Great, thank, thank you, Anchorage Rory, for this great opportunity. I really appreciate it. As a quick introduction. Introduction. My name is Dave Bronson. I am running for mayor. Uh, about me a little bit, my wife, Deb, and I have been married for 36 years. We've lived here in Anchorage for uh, 30 years. We've raised two very successful kids, and uh, we intend on growing old and, and dying in this city. I'm a 24-year veteran of the Air Force, the Alaska Air National Guard, where I was a pilot and maintenance officer. I retired from the Guard in 2005 as a lieutenant colonel, and then just this last September, I retired uh, from a 30-year career as a commercial uh, pilot. I'm running for mayor because like many of you, I think I no longer recognize my city. We have vagrants living on our streets and in our parks. Crime is filling our streets and our neighborhoods. Our small businesses have been forced to close by local politicians. Our schools, our sports, our churches, and even our assembly has been closed to us. <clears throat> Too many of our local politicians insist on um, leading us down the wrong, a wrong path. Uh, as mayor, I will work with our public-private partnerships to find uh, real solutions to our vagrancy crisis. I will empower our police to finally get control of the crime that is, again, filling our streets and our, and our neighborhoods. I will open all of our businesses. I will open completely our schools, our sports facilities, our churches without restrictions. We need to reopen our businesses and return all of our children to school. And this needs to be done sooner than later as we are facing long-term damage to our economy and our children's education. Folks, Anchorage is at a decision point. We must choose between the path we are, are now on, a path that does not lead to prosperity and safe streets and neighborhoods, or a better path that, uh, that leads us to the Anchorage we knew just a few years ago. We can make Anchorage better, but only if we choose to. Uh, we must choose between those who will govern us wisely and those who, who will not. But in the end, 
we have to choose. Anchorage needs a strong leader to bring it back to prosperity. I know how to build and lead teams and will take an exceptional team to restore Anchorage. I've led both small teams and large organizations, and I've worked under both great and not so great leaders, and I know the difference. Anchorage needs a leader. I believe I am that leader, and I hope I can earn your vote. Thank you very much for this great opportunity. Thank you very much, Mr. Bronson. Now we have some questions from our audience. And Mr. Bronson, you will get the first question. A reminder, you will have one minute to answer. Okay. What is your highest priority upon becoming mayor? Well, the highest priority is to deal with the vagrancy problem, which is a subset of the homeless problem. We've got to get people um, to, to, to end living on our streets, living problematically. It's both good for our business community and our small businesses in town, but it's also very good for the people who are living on the streets and quite frankly, uh, dying on the streets. It's not compassionate to allow people uh, to freeze to death in the winter on our streets or to fall into traffic as, uh, on our slippery sidewalks and road edges as, uh, as they beg for money. Uh, civilized societies uh, don't do that. And until we get the vagrancy issue fixed, as well as the overall homeless issue fixed, um, uh, we're not going to stimulate the investment that we need to reinvigorate our town. Thank you very much. Mr. Dunbar, what Thank is your you. highest priority upon becoming mayor? A reminder, well, you. you have one minute. Thank you, Paul. Uh, my highest priority will be to uh, get our economy back on track this summer. Um, that means quickly deploying federal aid. Uh, it means working with our small business community. Uh, it means uh, getting our visitor economy going again. Um, and we need to work with our state and federal partners to do that. Um, we know that we need to be attracting more independent travelers this summer. But jobs and the economy are absolutely the top priority this summer. Everything else flows from that. Um, it is true that we have a, a, a crisis that might emerge at, down at the Sullivan Arena if we don't take quick action to figure out, to find housing solutions for the people that are there. Um, so that is, that is another top priority for the person that's going to become the mayor. Um, we have 400 people in that facility. We have another 300 in other facilities. We have to find uh, housing solutions for them to avoid a crisis. But again, I want a robust construction season. I want a good visitor economy. I want to kickstart our economy this summer. Thank you very much. Our next question will be directed to Mr. Dunbar. Is there a need for new revenues or taxes to pay for any of the challenges facing the municipality? If so, how would you increase municipal revenues? Well, that's, that's a great question. And the good news is we have already uh, adopted a number of new revenue measures over the last several years. So we recognize that our support from the state was falling. Um, and uh, you know, it went from 40% of the, the budget of the municipality to less than 1%. So we had to make ourselves more independent. And we did so. We passed a fuel tax. Um, we passed an alcohol tax that people of Anchorage did. And we sold MLMP and took that money, put it into the municipal trust. That will generate revenue long into the future. So I don't think we actually need significant new revenue sources at this time. We have new revenue uh, in effect. We also, of course, are going to receive this year and next year a significant amount of additional federal funds. Uh, the largest conversation we need to have going forward is ways to shift things away from just over-reliance on residential property taxes. And that's one of the reasons we're currently talking about the stormwater utility, um, which might go forward if the people of Anchorage buy into it. 
Thank you, sir. Mr. Bronson, is there a need for new revenues or taxes to pay for any of the challenges facing the municipality? If so, how would you increase municipal revenues? No, there is not. I'm not considering any new taxes. And quite frankly, we have a spending problem, not a revenue generation problem. Um, the, the last several years, uh, the uh, spending within this city, which drives the, uh, since we have a balance, balanced budget uh, requirement, uh, it's the spending which is driving the property taxes, which is causing especially the elderly to get kicked out of their homes because they can't afford um, they can't afford the property taxes. We need to, and my plan is, we need to right-size government, make government uh, do what it's supposed to do and do it very well. But quite frankly, it needs, it needs to get smaller and it needs to do what it does very well. Our next question is directed to Mr. Bronson. What do you see as the two top areas of revitalization for Anchorage and why? For instance, mixed use development, Port of Alaska, downtown improvements, Ship Creek development. Well, certainly it's, it's all the above. We've been driven into a financial crisis here and we, we need to deal with all of those issues. But first and foremost, we need to get downtown uh, to a point where it is thriving, where it is vibrant and it is the center of our city and, and not just a, a failing component or district when our, in our city. By doing that, or to do that, we need to get our vagrants off the street so the investors will come in and invest in the properties that we need to uh, redevelop uh, downtown. Certainly the port is almost at a crisis point right, right now. We all know we're one earthquake away from a disaster, a disaster which would mean we have to get our food shipped in through Seward, which would drive up the cost of food. So the port needs to be dealt with. It's very complex. It is fixable, and uh, we simply need to uh, execute on both those. Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, what do you see as the two top areas of revitalization for Anchorage and why? For instance, mixed use development, Port of Alaska, downtown improvements, Ship Creek development. Well, thank you. I, I think the, the top issue for revitalization of Anchorage is affordable housing. Uh, you know, I served on the AEDC Live, Work, Play Housing Subcommittee, and we helped bring forward the accessory dwelling unit ordinance, the mother-in-law apartments. But as you mentioned, there are things like mixed-use development that can further make housing affordable. We need to make sure that our planning and permitting, our building department has that customer service mindset where they're getting to yes and they're working with our private sector partners. Downtown revitalization absolutely is crucial, um, and, and that will involve changing the pedestrian facilities. I, I, I have said a number of times that I want, I want to explore changing 4th Avenue into a pedestrian promenade. We've seen it be remarkably successful in other cities. You work with the business community, you turn it into a place where people can walk and feel safe. And then the last point, uh, as was mentioned, the port, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we have right now the petroleum and cement terminal going forward. The next step is the plan of finance. That will be a crucial construction project and a crucial lifeline for goods and stuff. Thank you, sir. Mr. Dunbar, you may now ask Mr. Bronson a question. You will have one minute to ask, and Mr. Bronson, you will have one minute to answer. Well, Mr. Thank, Dunbar. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bronson, at a Trump rally on October 3rd of last year, you claimed that the media and the deep state were attacking Donald Trump. 
Then on January 6th of this year, the same day as the Capitol riot, you posted on Facebook a claim that 4,000 more ballots have been discovered in Georgia's Fulton County. You also sent a private message that has since become public where you stated, quote, I have to believe that there was enough cheating to sway the election for Biden. In short, Trump won. These kind of views are now referred to by many as the big lie. So my question is, given that Republican leadership all the way up to Mitch McConnell has acknowledged that there was no actual evidence of voter fraud at the time you wrote that, and there is no evidence of voter fraud now, why do you continue to spread misinformation about the 2020 election? Um, I do not continue to spread any information. I was merely reporting on the news reports that were coming out. The mainstream media is not universal in its assessment. Uh, that there was uh, not widespread voter fraud. But the thing to consider here, which is important, Joe Biden is my president. I respect that decision. And, uh, but the fact that on social media, I made comments about what was being reported by the mainstream media, um, I don't see that as problematic. Thank you. Mr. Bronson, you may now ask Mr. Dunbar a question, the same time parameters. Okay. Thank you. Um, Mr. Dunbar, majority of the dark money used in your uh, attack independent expenditures are from out-of-state sources, not the good hardworking people from Anchorage, like over 90% of my donors. Do you condone these negative tax coming from Seattle and Washington, D.C.? Thank you, Mr. Bronson. I know that you and, and Suzanne Downing have uh, referred to this as my campaign, um, but I think it sort of, like your APOC report, sort of demonstrates either a lack of understanding of our campaign finance system or a deliberate attempt to mislead people. So there are two different kinds of campaigns, right? Uh, uh, campaign uh, committees. There's the personal, the uh, campaign that you and I have, where we get $1,000 from a, a pack or $500 from an individual. And then there are independent expenditures, which we are not allowed to be connected to, which I have no connection to. I don't know where they get their funds. I don't know where they send things to. But I mean, you know about these IEs because one was registered for you yesterday at the Carousel Lounge. Um, but there are two different kinds. Um, there, there is a personal campaign where we received literally thousands of people have donated to our campaign, the vast majority of people here. The IEs, we're not connected to them. And you should stop implying that we are because it is factually inaccurate. Mr. Bronson, you will now have one minute to ask your second question of Mr. Dunbar. Okay, uh, Mr. Dunbar, according to a recent survey, a strong majority of the voters in Anchorage feel like the city's going in the wrong direction. Anchorage is in worse shape today because of the decisions, quite frankly, you have made. Uh, why should voters trust you to suddenly make better decisions? Mr. Dunbar, you have one minute for your response. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's clear we've gone through a really tough year, uh, really tough several years. We had an earthquake. We had a huge budget crisis at the state with massive cuts to, uh, to the municipal budgets. Um, you know, right now, if there is an increase in property taxes at Anchorage, it won't be because of the municipality. The municipality has actually held things steady. It's because of uh, Governor Dunleavy vetoing bond debt reimbursement. That is going to lead to an increase in property taxes. And of course, now we've been dealing with this pandemic. It's been a tremendously tough time. But the truth is we've come through better than a lot of other communities. And there's a lot of groundwork that's been, been uh, laid. You know, for example, we've learned a lot down at the Sullivan Arena about how to more quickly move people from shelter into housing. And we have new federal funds to help. So I really believe that this coming year, Anchorage could have an economic boom if we if we invest in the right things, if we're an inclusive city, if we follow the 10-point plan for jobs and economic growth, and we can make real progress on public safety and homelessness as well. 
Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, you now have one minute to ask your second question of Mr. Bronson. Thank you. Um, so my record on public safety is clear. I worked with my colleagues to put 100 more sworn police officers on the street. We also increased funding for non-sworn officers like evidence clerks and dispatchers and created a mental health first responder program to take 7,000 behavioral crisis calls out of the APD stack so police could focus on property and violent crimes. We did all that in concert with the police leadership, which cut 911 wait times in half and dropped property crime by 41%. At the same time, the APD and APDEA have worked very hard to build bridges with those they serve, particularly communities of color, through programs like Coffee with a Cop and Cops for Community. On April 10th, Mr. Bronson, you sent a letter to the APD in which you claimed that, quote, divisions of Black Lives Matter are violent and anti-American. I had a conversation with an experienced officer last week in which they said that that letter was a huge step backwards for APD. So my question is, do you think that letter helped advance that long, hard work done by our police and our community to build trust, or was it just intended to divide people and score political? Thank you, Mr. Bronson. You have one minute to reply. The thing that's striking here, Mr. Dunbar, if you have such great support from APDEA, why was there a near rebellion last Sunday of last week where uh, they revolted against you, the rank and file revolted against you? And, and quite frankly, I, I'm trying to figure out why they ever would support you since you're a defund the police advocate. Um, as to my statements about uh, my complete statement on, that you mentioned, uh, yes, some divisions of Black uh, Lives Matter are anti-American and are violent, and certainly their leadership are self-avowed Marxists. You support that. Some divisions of Black, Black Lives Matter uh, are not a problem, and I, and I support them. And that's why if you look at, I believe, the sentence just above it, I said Antifa is a terrorist organization, a domestic terrorist organization, and uh, should be recognized as such. And I, I'm just trying to figure out why you don't condemn uh, and Antifa at large and why you support um, Antifa supporting activities of your family members in Portland. 15 seconds. Thank you very much. Mr. Dunbar, your next question. How will you address crime in Anchorage? Well, thank you for that question. It's absolutely of crucial importance. And as, uh, you know, contrary to what Mr. Bronson just said, it's not true that I believe in defunding the police. In fact, quite the opposite. Over the last five years, we have increased the size of the police department. We've added 100 more sworn officers. We've increased evidence clerks and uh, dispatchers, and we've done things to supplement the, the department as well. Because of that, over the last three years, we actually have seen a fall in, in basically every crime statistics every year. Crime peaked in about 2017, late 2017, early 18, 2018, and it's been falling since, despite the sort of claims that Mr. Bronson is making. That that being said, crime is still far too high. Um, and we, we know that we need to be uh, building trust with the community, uh, engaging in community, particularly focusing on things like domestic violence and sexual assault, which are still wildly disproportionately high here uh, in, in Anchorage and in Alaska. So there's still a lot of work to do, but I think we have given the resources now to the APD to make real. Thank you. Mr. Bronson. How will you address crime in Anchorage? I will continue. Uh, I will continue rebuilding the uh, Anchorage Police Department, getting up to uh, plus or minus 500 police officers that we need. Um, I will empower, as I said in my opening statement, I will empower the police department to get control of the crime. There will be no uh, get control of the crime that's uh, 
quite frankly, uh, inundating our streets and our neighborhoods. Uh, we've had a hands-off policy from uh, the last couple of mayor administrations, um, uh, and uh, we will end that. No one is uh, immune from the law, no matter uh, what their economic uh, situation is. And quite frankly, living on the streets, being homeless is not a crime, but what they do on the streets sometimes is illegal and no one is above the law. So we need to enforce our laws. We need to support our police officers. Um, and certainly we don't need to send social workers out in tandem with our police officers uh, to make uh, social calls. Thank you. Mr. Bronson, this question is first addressed to you. Homelessness has been an issue mayors have dealt with since George Sullivan's Kelso report in 1978. Please name two things you would implement as mayor that you believe would alleviate the current homelessness and affordable housing problem in Anchorage. Well, uh, well, those are two very uh, distinct uh, problems. The homeless, uh, let's talk about the, um, the, the cost of affordable housing. Uh, the building in our city, the, the process it takes to get it permitted and approved has been, um, quite frankly, uh, wrecked in the city due to the last uh, several years of administration. Uh, the cost of housing in this city, there's a 30% there's a premium on the cost of building in the city simply due to compliance with muni code, codes and fees. We've got to end that. We've got to completely reinvent how we permit and uh, allow people to uh, build, allow our builders to build the homes that we need so much in this city. And uh, we will change that. Now for the homeless issue itself, that's, um, there's a vagrancy problem in, in which is a subset of the overall homeless problem. We have about 3000 homeless and it's growing. Uh, those are by and large the unseen homeless. And then we have the vagrants or the visible homeless in our streets. And there's about 150 to 200 of them. Quite frankly, they need to be dealt with differently than the people who simply need rent assistance uh, to stay in the apartment until they get the jobs back. Quite frankly, the job that Mr. Dunbar helped take away from them. Thank you, Mr. Dunbar. Homelessness has been an issue mayors have dealt with since the George Sullivan's Kelso report in 1978. Please name two things you would implement as mayor that you believe would alleviate the current homelessness and affordable housing problem in Anchorage. Homelessness has been a longstanding problem in Anchorage, but we can make real progress in the years to come. We can significantly reduce the number of people in Anchorage experiencing homelessness. Now, the good news is we've learned a lot of lessons down at the Sullivan Arena. Sullivan Arena has to close by the end of September uh, because of uh, federal funds, FEMA funds that are running out. But we learned with a resource hub on site that we can quickly connect people to employment, to transitional housing, to long-term supportive housing, to treatment, and we can get to some of the root causes of homelessness. So two, so two specific policies. Uh, right now, uh, Widener Properties and um, uh, Rasmussen Foundation are purchasing the old Beans Cafe site, and the municipality, I'm sure, will work with them uh, to create that kind of resource hub that, again, quickly connects people to those services. And then second, we have additional funds coming online now. We're getting between 7 and $8 million additional funds, and then we have some funds from the alcohol tax. Those can be used for treatment, and those can be used for housing. We have a number of new housing programs that can get people off the street, stabilized, and, uh, you know, and uh, significantly... Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, 
You may now ask your third and final question of Mr. Bronson. Reminder, one minute ask and response. Thank you, Paul. So Mr. Bronson, in an August interview on the Dan Fagan show, you stated that you were recruited to run by Jamie Allard, whose support for Nazi themed license plates made national news. You are a leader of the Save Anchorage movement, which has had multiple members arrested in recent weeks, including a member who participated in the January 6th assault on our Capitol and openly celebrated the particip that participation on the Save Anchorage Facebook page. Laura Reinbold, whose behavior has been described as unacceptable by Governor Dunleavy, who has refused to abide by basic COVID protocols and yesterday was stripped of her committee positions by her fellow Republicans, is one of your vocal supporters. In your own statements, you have referred to assembly members as crazies and recently ran a television ad in which you referred to these political potential co-workers as idiots. My question is, are you going to cut ties with these extreme elements in our politics and change your offensive rhetoric towards our community leaders? First, I am not a member of Save Anchorage. Uh, I do have great support on Save Anchorage, but as to the fact whether I'm a member of it is quite clear I'm not. Jamie Allard was one of many people who asked me to run for mayor and who I considered. And then Laura Reinbold, she can endorse, I didn't know she endorsed me, but uh, uh, they can endorse anyone they want and I'll accept that. And she's a member of, in good standing of the Republican party. So I'll take that. Um, uh, I, uh, I think it's important to recognize here that um, in the previous question, and I've got to answer this, uh, when I asked why should voters trust you, Mr. Dunbar, to suddenly make uh, better decisions after months, if not years of making really bad decisions, you failed to, uh, to answer that question. I think that has bearing on this debate. And certainly as we go forward, if you anticipate being mayor, why are you gonna start all of a sudden make good decisions for the people of this city? Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, no, Mr. Bronson, you may now ask your third and final question of Mr. Dunbar. One minute ask and response. And it keeps coming back to this wisdom of Mr. Dunbar's is knowing what we now know about uh, COVID-19, would you still vote nearly 20 times uh, to shut down our city? And like the previous question that I had to ask twice, I hope you don't dodge this one. So would you still vote nearly 20 times to shut down our city and close the small businesses in our city? We did not. And right now there is 100% uh, uh, capacity at, at Anchorage of small, small businesses. It's just a mischaracterization of what we did over the last year. We were trying to protect the people of Anchorage from a deadly pandemic. There was a, a, a lockdown or a semi-lockdown in March, uh, again in August. Um, but since then, we have tried to reopen things as much as we could. And right now, people are back in school. Kids are back in school. Churches are open. Businesses are open. You keep saying open Anchorage as if we're not. Now, we do wear masks, that's true, because people are trying to protect each other. You know, we, we are trying to reduce the spread of this deadly virus. Uh, and we didn't make perfect decisions. Everybody saw through a glass darkly at the beginning of this crisis. But we have tried to get relief to people most. We try to protect our citizens. We try to listen to public health professionals. We listen to epidemiologists. We listen to doctors. We work with the state and Dr. Sink. We do the things necessary. And because of that, Anchorage has one of the lowest in hospitalization and death rates of the state. Thank you, gentlemen. Mr. Bronson, your next question comes from our membership. How do you see Anchorage moving forward through COVID-19? 
Um, how does it move forward? Government has got to open up <laughs> again. Um, you know, right now, the, Mr. Dunbar says uh, our schools are open. Well, uh, if you want to go five days a week as a student, you have to do it on Zoom. And uh, if you're in person, uh, you can only do it four days a week. So no, we are not open in our schools. And the closure of our schools has dramatically hurt our children and they need to be open. So that's a fact. As far as looking forward, uh, again, open up our businesses, open up our schools and uh, with no restrictions. Uh, if someone wants to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. Um, I, as, from that perspective, I think uh, people should have the right to choose for themselves between them and their doctors what's the best path forward. But we have to move out of this notion that we're somehow still in the middle of a pandemic. We're not. Our outcomes are no different than the valleys who never did shut down. Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, how do you see Anchorage moving forward through COVID-19? Well, first, I mean, we have to correct some of the disinformation there. The, the Valley's infection rate is two or two and a half times what Anchorage is or has been in recent months. Uh, that's very unfortunate. Um, but the, the infection continues to spread there much faster than it does here. The good news is because of the vaccine, uh, we are going to be able to move past this uh, pandemic. I do believe that. You know, we already have crossed 50% of people in Anchorage have had at least one uh, vac uh, vaccine shot um, and uh, of people who are eligible. I think we can get to that 70% goal. And again, that's a goal. It's not a mandate. And we can still relax uh, things like the, the mask mandate, uh, even without reaching that 70% goal, if we see infection rates fall elsewhere. Um, but I think that's our most realistic way out. I think we're going to get it, get to it in a couple of, uh, of months. I really do believe that. By the time the next mayor is sworn in, I think we'll be having a much better summer. Infection rates are going to fall. Vaccine rate, vaccination rates are going to rise. And we're going to get past what was truly a terrible year in, in Anchorage's history. Thank you. Next question is addressed to Mr. Dunbar. The tax cap is an important tool in helping control taxes in Anchorage. Municipal bonds are one way around the cap. Municipal bonds are traditionally repaid over 20 to 30 years. Included in the recent bond issue are items which have a much shorter life than the bond amortization consumables. Do you support this practice and why or why not? Thank you for the question, Paul. Um, I, uh, I'm a supporter of the tax cap and it has been a, a useful way to match up the revenues we bring in with, uh, with the spending. And you know, speaking to what Mr. Bronson talked about, increasing the number of police to 500 and simultaneously uh, having large tax uh, breaks, we already spend 60% of our taxes on first responders and road maintenance. So that would mean massive cuts to other departments. Uh, to speak to your uh, particular question, yes, I do, I do support our current bond policy because interest rates are very low. And we've been able to use uh, our bonds, which again are voted for, it's, it's not a way around the tax cap, it, it's a plebiscite. I mean, the, the people of Anchorage vote on it and say, yes, this is something I want. I'm willing to invest in this, I'm willing to invest in the library, I'm willing to invest in this construction project. It's a crucial way that we've been able to continue to have construction in this, in this city, even as state capital bonds, uh, sorry, capital projects have fallen. So I do support our current bond. Thank you. Mr. Bronson. The tax cap is an important tool in helping control taxes in Anchorage. Municipal bonds are one way around the cap. Municipal bonds are traditionally repaid over 20 to 30 years. 
Included in the recent bond issues are items which have a much shorter life than the bond amortization consumables. Do you support this practice and why or why not? I do not support it. Uh, it's like uh, taking a loan out to buy your groceries. Uh, normal people don't do that kind of thing. Um, we, uh, we, we take loans out to finance where we live and what we drive, but we don't finance things that uh, are disposable. And uh, so I, I, while I support the tax cap, it's a great idea. Uh, we've found too many mecha mechanisms to uh, work our way around, like you mentioned, to get around it in your question. And, uh, and, and, and we need to end that practice. We need very straightforward uh, accountability uh, to the taxpayer on how we uh, bond and what we bond for, and quite frankly, how we pay it off. Thank you. Mr. Bronson, this question is directed to you. The MOA recently adopted AO 2018-74, Community Workforce Agreement which amends the MOA's purchasing requirements to strongly discourage non-union contractors from bidding MOA work in excess of 3.5 million and AO 2019-130 responsible contractor ordinance, which places the MOA in judging which contractors can and cannot bid MOA work. Do you support these ordinances? I, um, I'm not familiar with the language of the ordinances. I do not uh, uh, support the notion, however, that the municipality picks the winners and losers in our society, um, uh, whether they're union or non-union is not the point. Um, all, all, uh, all competitors need to compete on a fair and level playing ground, but to the actual ordinances that you mentioned, um, I'm not gonna comment because I haven't read them. Thank you. Mr. Dunbar. The MOA recently adopted AO 2018-74 Community Workforce Agreement, which amends the MOA's purchasing requirements to strongly discourage non-union contractors from bidding MOA work in excess of 3.5 million and AO 2019-130 Responsible Contractor Ordinance, which places the MOA in judging which contractors can and cannot bid MOA work. Do you support these ordinances? I do, and, and I'll explain what both of them did. Uh, the responsible contractor ordinance basically stated if you had particularly egregious labor violations, if you had uh, egregious violations of on-site on safety, for example, or if you were mischaracterizing people as independent contractors when they actually were employees, then the municipal, the municipal government would not uh, give you a contract. I think that was a good practice and the, the best contractors will easily meet those requirements. Um, the second, community workforce agreements. Those did not say you have to be union, you have to be non-union. They did say we want certain things like apprenticeship utilization. Apprenticeship utilization, which requires um, you know, a certain number of folks be, be, uh, be apprentices so we can increase our skilled workforce. It also had certain incentives for things like uh, women, uh, minorities, veterans, uh, people that we want to be working in the trades. So I think it was a useful public policy tool. It didn't set things up union, non-union, but it tried to use municipal- Thank you, sir. Mr. Dunbar, this next question is addressed to you. Is there anything you can do as mayor to replace the large businesses that have left Anchorage due to the downturn in oil and mining in Alaska? 
This is a great question. And really, it's the fundamental question for my generation of political leaders in Alaska. Um, it is absolutely the case that resource development, the oil industry will be a huge part of our economy for a long time to come, um, for the short, medium, even long term. But it is also the case that we need to diversify our economy. And there are things that we can do. Um, we can invest in the outdoor and recreation economy, attract the missing middle of tourists and visitors to Anchorage. So we do a good job with tour groups. We do a good job with people who are, are very wealthy and maybe will go out to the Brooks Range or something like that. But there's a group of independent travelers that we're talking about with Visit Anchorage and with other businesses here that we can attract to, to Anchorage. Beyond that, we have to be knowledge-based economy. We have to be partnering with our university. If you can work from anywhere, you should work here. And to do that, we have to have affordable housing and we have to have a unique quality of life. So people want to move here, set up new businesses, uh, and remain here. And, and Sir, Mr. Bronson, is there anything you can do as mayor to replace the large businesses that have left Anchorage due to the downturn in oil and mining in Alaska? Well, there's actually, this is a statewide problem. Uh, if not a national problem, we've seen our, our most, uh, you know, our new president attacking uh, the oil industry, of which I am vehemently opposed to. Uh, and let's not forget, uh, too, that who pays a big chunk of the bills in the state, and that's the oil companies as they've as, as measured on the throughput uh, through the pipeline. Uh, we need to support that to any degree that we can, uh, because that's how we pay our bills these days. Quite frankly, for the last 40, 45 years, that's how we've paid our bills. And uh, we need to um, uh, advance that. And uh, certainly we, we need to advance tourism. That's very important, but tourism doesn't make up enough of the, of the whole to, uh, to make up the gap, we simply need to pump more oil and that's what's good for our economy. Thank you. Mr. Bronson, how would you balance climate change concerns and building a vibrant economy? Well, uh, first, uh, a vibrant economy is built on, in, in no small part on how much government spends and uh, subsidizes, that is. And um, I, quite frankly, I don't think the government should be in the um, business of subsidizing businesses, one business over another, to advance them in the marketplace. And that is um, um, uh, carbon-based or environmental industry over other industries. Uh, we've got a lot of environmental-friendly uh, natural gas in our uh, in our inlet and we can create a lot of electricity which a modern society needs uh, through this natural gas. And we need to explore that to the full extent. And, uh, and, and quite frankly, we need to stop looking for the new shiny object that's somehow gonna, from, uh, that's somehow gonna save us from uh, quite frankly, something that may or not be a, may or not be a great problem. Thank you, Mr. Dunbar. How would you balance climate change concerns and building a vibrant economy? Well, climate change is real and it is a problem. We'll start with that. Um, but I don't think that adapting to climate change and having a vibrant economy are in opposition to each other. In fact, if you look at the climate action plan, which I voted for, there are a number of things in there that drive jobs, drive job growth. So we've done things like swap out LEDs and improve energy efficiency at the city. Um, we've invested in weatherization. We used uh, some CARES Act funds for that to get people back to work and also improve uh, the weatherization 
in homes so they can lower energy costs. Um, we're looking at major solar projects now. This is private industry that's looking into this. There's a project on Raspberry Road that's being discussed. There's also a, pro a project at the port that's being discussed um, that would create a microgrid more stable, uh, more independent, and again, more affordable. So I think these things can absolutely be done. There are these new jobs of the future that lower energy costs for the people of Anchorage and reduce our carbon footprint and carbon output. Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, please share your thoughts on the progress and management of the Port of Alaska modernization program. Well, that's a great, uh, great question, Paul. And honestly, we could probably talk about that for half an hour. Uh, it's been a, a very, uh, it's a huge challenge for the people of Alaska and people of Anchorage. It's the most important infrastructure project in Alaska. Um, but the good news is it does seem to be going forward now. Um, we have put forward the petroleum and cement terminal. Uh, it is on time. It's on budget. It should be completed by the end of next year. So now we're in conversations. The state, the federal government, uh, the port user group, and I've been down there uh, several times just in the last uh, few weeks speaking with port users and talking about the plan of finance. So I think right now we are talking to our federal delegation. We are looking for federal dollars, and I think that will will hopefully uh, put forward a, a lot of that of that cost. Um, but we're still going to probably have to do uh, some form of user fee to, to get keep the cargo terminal going forward. But we know it's in dire shape. We know we need to. Thank you. Mr. Bronson, please share your thoughts on the progress and management of the Port of Alaska Modernization Program. Well, this may be one area, ironically, where uh, Mr. Dunbar and I have a little bit of agreement. We need to work with the major parties. Of course, on the south end, like he said, the petroleum and concrete dock is, is project is, is well on its way, almost done, and that's a good thing. Um, but we've got to get together with the major partners on the rest of the dock, Tote and Matson, and get them to come to an agreement on the uh, uh, plan of finance that has to be done. The uh, federal delegation is uh, waiting for us to do that. They can't uh, provide money for us until that plan is done, and it needs to be done sooner than later. My question is, uh, you know, Mr. Dunbar, you've been around for quite a few years in the in, in the uh, in the assembly, and boy, things are still um, not going well. My plan is is to bring a new set of eyes on this subject and and get enforce the issue, enforce the agreement between the users so that we come to conclusion sooner than later, even as the lawsuit gets settled. Mr. Dunbar, you led things off. So you now have two minutes for closing remarks. Thank you so much, Paul. And uh, thank you to everyone for inviting me here tonight, today. <laughs> you know, we all know that Anchorage faces tough challenges. But spring is here, summer is just around the corner, and we can ensure a strong recovery if we have experienced fact-based leadership and actual plans to get us there. That kind of leadership and that kind of policymaking relies on truth. The truth is, over the last five years, I worked with my colleagues to increase funding and rebuild the police department, putting 100 more cops on the street. We expanded our non-sworn staff, reduced 911 wait times, and created the mental health first responder program. My opponent has not told the truth about my record on this score. The truth is, I worked with my colleagues to get tens of millions of dollars in relief to small businesses and directly into people's pockets through rental relief and mortgage relief and gift card programs that covered food, fuel, diapers, and other necessities, all while seeking input from the community and following federal guidelines. My opponent has lied about that too. 
The truth is the people of Anchorage want real solutions, not divisive rhetoric, not disinformation, and not someone who calls his prospective colleagues idiots in his advertisements. Nor do they want someone who buys into the conspiracy theories about the 2020 election or who who will change Anchorage's reputation for being an inclusive city among the young people and investors who are deciding whether to come and stay here as they look to start families and businesses. I won't do that. I will help restore decorum and decency and bring forward actual policy change. I will work to improve customer service culture in municipal departments and get to yes for our builders. I have the experience and policy knowledge to get the job done. My campaign has a 10-point business-backed plan for jobs and economic growth and concrete proposals to improve public safety, reduce homelessness, and improve quality of life. Anchorage should be a livable, walkable, bikeable city. The beating of our best days still ahead of us. I know we can do it. We can move forward into the brighter future together. I appreciate you inviting me here today, and I would be honored to have your vote for mayor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mr. Bronson, you now have two minutes for closing remarks. And thank you very much, Rotary. I really appreciate the opportunity once again. Uh, this won't take two minutes. Uh, uh, quite frankly, the distinction between Mr. Dunbar and myself are our worldview and how this government should be run in this city couldn't be more dis more distinct, more different. We are literally at opposite ends of the spectrum. He believes in big government. Uh, I believe in limited right-sized government. Um, and uh, but on that, we can agree that this needs to uh, Anchorage needs and can be a great place to uh, live, work, and play going forward. Uh, we do need that, and we all remember what it was like. Um, quite frankly, I'm fearful if Mr. Dunbar gets elected because the path that we've been on for the last several years is a path we're going to stay on uh, going forward if he is elected as mayor and if the assembly members that are there, most of them stay in, in office. Uh, this path, as I've mentioned many times to many people, this path doesn't lead to anywhere except uh, from Anchorage to Seattle to San Francisco to Los Angeles and eventually, eventually to Venezuela. That is the clear distinction between he and I. We, I know where this city can go and what it can be. Um, it's where it used to be when, when it was a great place to live, work, and play. Um, I'll just close with one thing, and that's just, if you like the way the city's been going for the last six years, please vote for Mr. Dunbar. If you want to change in direction, if you want to go back to the way things were, uh, certainly I am a choice that is, it, it couldn't be more uh, different than Mr. Dunbar and I. I appreciate your time. This is a great venue, great questions, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, excuse me, on behalf of Anchorage Rotary Club, we extend our most heartfelt and sincere thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today and inform us and entertain us with this forum. Uh, I will give you both a vote of a compliment in the sense that you did very well adhering to the time restraints. And most importantly, there was no interrupting. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You're listening to Addressing Alaskans on Alaska Public Media. We just heard a forum featuring Anchorage mayoral candidates Dave Bronson and Forrest Dunbar. That program was presented by Anchorage Rotary and was recorded via video chat on April 20th. To fill out the hour, we'll hear Hometown Alaska host Kathleen McCoy ask questions of the candidates. This is from her show last Monday and can be found on the Hometown Alaska page on alaskapublic.org. So let's start with a question. I'm going to start with you, Mr. Dunbar. 
The municipal proposal to use first-round COVID relief funds to purchase four buildings as service locations for the homeless or those in need of treatment became very controversial in the community. You've acknowledged in news interviews that the municipality made mistakes. As an assembly member, what did you learn and how does this influence your approach to developing public trust if you are elected mayor? You have 60 seconds to answer. Well, thank you, Kathleen. There are clearly some mistakes made in that process. One was you just cited, uh, there's a perception that CARES Act money was used for four buildings. Actually, one of those buildings, the most significant purchase, was part of the MLMP sale. It was a legal settlement with Providence Hospital that had to go forward to sell MLMP and, and, and get out of something in front of the RCA. Uh, and so clearly the conflation of those two things by the administration was a mistake. I think also, you know, they tried to go through the typical public process at the municipality, the assembly where you introduce something, then have public hearing. And clearly, you know, a lot of folks don't really closely follow the assembly. And, and it makes sense. Most of the things we do are not controversial. So they thought they were going through the regular public process, but that was perceived as rushing things. Um, and so what they had to do was have far more groundwork laid and, and do more re uh, outreach, particularly in the impacted communities and communicate exactly why they were doing it, because there had been a fall in the number of, of beds available, because they were worried about FEMA funds, because they were trying to provide services to uh, some of our most vulnerable uh, right. people. Mr. Um, so again, there were clear errors in communication, and it, it costs a lot of public trust, unfortunately. Th thank you. We, we do need to uh, move on. Uh, 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 Mr. Bronson, do you have a, a rebuttal? You have 30 seconds for a rebuttal if you so choose. Well, um, I agree with Mr. Dunbar in, in the fact that <clears throat> there were many mistakes made in the handling of the money and the spending of the money. Uh, when it comes to the buildings uh, uh, in specific, uh, say the Golden Lion, uh, my, my intention is on day one is to sell those buildings or that building. Uh, one, uh, it, it's not that the buildings are in and of themselves are problems problematic, but it's the methodology that they're using in this, in the buildings. Uh, we need to um, uh, treat people differently. We need to treat them as individuals. Thank you, and, Mr. Bronson. Uh, thank you, Mr. Bronson. That's the end right, of the 30 seconds. You. All right. The next question is for you, Mr. Bronson. Your campaign blames the current assembly and administration for shutting down businesses and hurting Anchorage's economy. Yet two national studies and an analysis by a UAA economist indicate public fear of catching the coronavirus kept consumers away from businesses, not government closures. Consumer spending slowed before the shutdowns and did not quickly rebound after openings. How does immediately opening all businesses, if citizens don't feel safe, help the economy? And Mr. Bronson, you have 60 seconds. Well, those studies are right. People were afraid. They were terribly afraid. The problem is that they were made afraid by our local government. As it turns out, um, uh, we, we know that uh, most of the people who get sick from COVID, me being one of them, are over 65 years old. I'm 62, and I've had actually a very, fairly serious case of COVID-19. Uh, so I understand what it is. But if we would have stuck with the original plan, which was to uh, go with uh, social distancing and those people with comorbidities staying home and letting everyone else go back to work, we wouldn't be dealing with the economic crisis that we're facing right now. So yes, it was uh, clearly mishandled. And Mr. Dunbar, you have 30 seconds for a rebuttal. COVID-19 was a deadly disease, is a deadly disease. 
Mr. Bronson misstates things when he says that uh, the municipality or anyone made people afraid. It was the virus itself. It was the pandemic. It was this unique event. And if we hadn't had these health controls, we would have had far more people get seriously ill and far more people die. Um, but we've been trying to uh, reduce health measures as we can, as vaccination rates rise, as infection rates fall, going back to March with EO19, even before that, when we were able to get schools open. It's a difficult balancing act, but it wasn't the shutdowns that harm the economy. It was the pandemic. Okay. And it continues to be the pandemic. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dunbar. Uh, now I have a question for each candidate, the same question for each candidate. We'll start with Mr. Bronson. You have 60 seconds to answer. No need for a rebuttal from uh, Mr. Dunbar. The question is, in the general election, both of you secured a bit over 30 percent of the vote, signaling a divide in the electorate. As mayor, how will you find a way to represent the city residents who did not vote for you? Mr. Bronson. Well, clearly, uh, in governance, we need to govern for everyone, not just those who supported us going into the uh, into the electoral process. Um, I intend on governing for all all uh, citizens of Anchorage. That's uh, quite clear. I've stated that for many months. Uh, uh, we don't need any more division. We need a little bit of unity here. And this assembly has divided us for many months by by pitting us one against the other. The um, the big business against the small business, the big business allowed to stay open and the small business forced to close. Uh, that's the real division. And the notion that COVID hurt us and not the shutdowns economically, that is on its face nonsensical. All right. Um... I have the same question for you, Mr. Dunbar. In the general election, both of you secured a bit over 30 percent of the vote, signaling a divide in the electorate. As mayor, how will you find a way to represent the city residents who didn't vote for you? Yeah, if, if you are elected mayor, um, one must represent the entire municipality, regardless of who uh, people vote for. And I intend to build a coalition. We are building a coalition of people. Uh, and my administration will have people that are Democrats, Republicans, independents, nonpartisan, because the vast majority of work that's done on the assembly and in the municipality is uh, nonpartisan. It's roads, drainage, uh, you know, police, fire. It's things that shouldn't be partisan and shouldn't be nationalized issues either. But I will say you have to be able to work with the assembly. And my opponent has referred to people in the assembly as idiots, as trash. Um, he, he has uh, he, he continues with this rhetoric even, even today. Um, and, and but you have to be able to, to work with people. Um, I have had uh, good working relationships with people of all different political backgrounds. I'll continue to do that. I'll continue to listen to folks and and, uh, and work in the uh, in the really interesting and different work of the municipality. It is, it is distinctly different from a lot of national and political issues. And because of that, there's opportunity for unity because there's nothing partisan about a pothole. All right. <clears throat> Thank you to you both. Uh Thanks for joining us today for Addressing Alaskans. Earlier in the hour, we heard a forum featuring Anchorage mayoral candidates Dave Bronson and Forrest Dunbar. We wrapped up the hour with questions to the candidates from Hometown Alaska host Kathleen McCoy. The full versions of those programs are available on the Addressing Alaskans page on alaskapublic.org. For Alaska Public Media, I'm Ammon Swenson. Addressing Alaskans is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Theme music is by Patrick Lee. The views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not reflect KSKA or its underwriters. To let us know about an upcoming community event that you would like to hear on Addressing Alaskans, go to our website at alaskapublic.org and click on Contact Us at the bottom of the page. Life Informed, this is Alaska Public Media.